Welcome to Sassholes, the podcast, the show where me, Jamie Carney, and Pete say, hey, Pete. How you doing? How you doing? How you doing? Talk about everything and anything we've experienced in over 60 years of time in the SAS environment. Tick tock, tick tock. That's a lot of time. We talk about everything and anything, anything that you guys want to talk about. Today's topic will be about communication. We've been asked from our audience members to like dive into awkward communication and how should we communicate during the good and bad times. Obviously, uh, today with the pandemic and the pandemic back on the rise, it's not the greatest time. So we'll focus on what you should do as an employee or as a newly minted manager in communicating during this time. Before we get into that, though, we got some shout outs. Pete, you want to start us out with some shout outs? Why would I want to do a shout out when I can do a joke? Oh, all right. You want to start with the joke of the day? <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Get ready to Carney. Carney, if your kid refuses to sleep during nap time, are they guilty of resisting arrest? Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's a great right. book out there called, uh, and you can Google it on YouTube where I believe Samuel L. Jackson uh, reads the book. It's called Get the Fuck to Sleep, and you can should get yes. it to any new baby out there, any <laughs> new parent out there. It's a great book. All right, shout-outs. Who do we shout want to outs. give a shout-out for? Hey, man, this dude just did four years at Sentinel Carbon Partners, our buddy Zach Sealand. Yeah, Zach's a great guy. You guys should all Congrats. get to know him. LinkedIn, Congrats, connect man. with him. He's, uh, he's always working on trying to be a better person, and we've talked to him a lot. He's, he's good. He's good. Who you got? I got a shout out. So Jason Kranz. I've actually never personally in person met this guy, but we've talked a lot about uh, over LinkedIn. He's a fellow NDA, uh, ND MBA alumni. And he just recently started his own data strategy company called Strategy Titan. I'd follow him. He's great. He lives in the Chicagoland area. I believe he lives in the West suburbs. We just started talking right before the pandemic. So maybe when the pandemic is over, I'll get a beer with him or some coffee, whatever it is. Carney, you know how you can tell if somebody went to Notre Dame? They tell you. You don't have They'll to. They'll tell you. <laughs> All right, Jake Douglas, starting new position, director of sales at Verse. Congrats, Jake. It's been a long time, too long. Do you know how you can tell someone went to Southern? You can't. They don't want to tell anyone. They, don't want to, they do not want to wear that on their sleeve. I, I resemble that remark. Um, another guy I'm giving a shout-out to. Pete, he started in your world. Say uh, Michael Mike Siegel. So, the, uh, a Siegel. counselor? <laughs> he was an attorney, decided he didn't want to be an attorney. Became a rep. He, he crushed it uh, at Kerbler for a while there. He was a hell of a leader, too. Yeah, good leader, too. He's over at LinkedIn. I know he had a stint over at the Hunt Club as well. He's an enterprise relationship manager. Good guy, funny guy. And he made it through that last round of uh, layoffs. Tough kid. Yeah, he was there. He left on his own accord. Back, no, back LinkedIn. Through. Oh, yeah, he didn't, he didn't. I think he survived that, yeah. Yeah, he did. He so. did. I, I talked to him. He's he's good. He's He's a smooth talker. Yeah. Speaking of attorneys, here's another one. Good old Rick Carner. Talk about America. Started off in sales, worked his way up. Is now account. He's got his MBA and JD, and he's helping out uh, Jeff Leaving. You seen those commercials? Uh, Dad's rights. He's that's awesome. Way to go, Carner. Yeah. We need to find someone who works at Peter Francis Geraci. Those are. Oh my goodness. Commercials ever. I was in the yellow pages. That was the best. That was the best yellow page advertiser around. Then Google came. Oh. 
All right, for some commercial. News? Before we get into the news, oh, let's yes. get a sponsor. NeuroNoodle. Everyone has some sort of mental health issue. I believe NeuroNoodle, CBS is coming to visit you guys on Monday, on CBS News. But the data you need to uncover the reasons and, and the things you have symptoms for, you need to get a brain map. And right now, continuation, there's coupon. If you're a Sassholes listener, you'll get 50% off your brain 50%. map. 50%. 50%. People are, they're crazy. It's 199 For a different ballgame. We are, we are here for affordable mental health care. Yeah, over we're trying to get affordable mental health. It's typically 199 Just mention the word sassholes when you're booking it, you'll get it for 99 Absolutely. Um, so that's a great deal. It's a great service. Be on the lookout. I'm sure we'll send it out to you guys on CBS News when it gets aired. Now on to the news of the day. All right. And I'm sure this will be time time stamped appropriate as usual. Mm-hmm. We got some vaccines coming out, Carney. Yeah. I see 90, 94, 95% effective. Is that true? Are you yeah, taking it? depends it? on, yeah, I don't know. You know, the problem I have with vaccines is when we were growing up, there was like seven to nine vaccines. Now there's 72. I don't want to get into it too much, but Ronald Reagan, when he was worried about the Cold War, approved all vaccines. Companies that produce vaccines, uh, they don't really get held accountable for any negative side effects. Uh, So some stuff gets rushed in there because he was worried about chemical warfare. So now that's become such a huge business that I believe kids today are getting like 140 vaccines. Some of the stuff isn't really tested and I'd be worried about this one. All right. I'm taking it. Unemployment, man. 742,000 asking for benefits. Gone up. Increased. Increased. I think it's going to go up. What do you think? Yeah, it is. It's I mean, gonna, we're locking down again. It's going to go up. Talk about hard conversations. And then we're, wait, we're waiting for the stimulus money. What do you think next year? Well, they got to declare a president officially. Oh, that, is, that, is that news? <laughs> well, the media has declared a president, right? You think Our president have... hasn't succeeded. What does it not succeed? It hasn't. That means he hasn't lost. He hasn't lost yet. Uh, How long do you think that's going to take, Carney? Put your Karnak hat on. Well, it was 37 days when it was one state, right? Yeah. Uh, Al Gore protested for 37 days when it was only one state in flux. It's, what, four states that are in flux? Or at least three, I know. I don't know. But I see the Georgia recount. You know, was up on this Brendan Sweeney. We should bring him back. He's holding down the fort in Georgia for us. I saw, I understand the case especially in Pennsylvania. I believe they had 682,000 votes that they determined should just be thrown out. A lot of votes. There's a lot of votes. The problem is that's a lot of votes. What was the issue? There are mail-in votes and they didn't, uh, I guess the envelope of the mail-in is where you validate if it's really a person and not Mickey Mouse, as uh, Rudy Giuliani said. It could be Mickey Mouse or it could be the same person. 30,000 times. That envelope is where it's supposed to be overviewed by a Democrat and Republican. They didn't allow the overview. They open up the envelope, take out the ballot, and at that point, you don't know who it is. And so therefore, there's no way to validate. So because they didn't follow the procedure, the argument is that those, all of those votes should be invalid. Now, does that mean it changes the outcome i don't know i don't know what those votes well there's a lot of conspiracy theories out there that this was a setup meaning that trump and his administration wanted to set up this to expose fraud which i think we're all in agreement there's been voter fraud from for decades 
man. Especially in Chicago. Ken- Kennedy, yeah. Yeah, so it'll uh, be interesting. I don't know. I don't know when, when he'll uh, concede. I don't know if it'll ever get overturned. I, I find that highly doubtful. Blockchain voting, Carney. Blockchain. Yeah. Let's see. Virtual Thanksgiving. Zoom has removed its 40-minute time limit for the holidays, so family small talk can last as long as you want, Carney. And next week is Thanksgiving. We're yeah, going to do a, a Wednesday show, maybe? Yeah, maybe we'll do a Wednesday show. We'll, 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 we'll try to figure it out. We might, I might and have we'll, kids making an appearance on our show. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Viewers, uh, listeners will love that. Yeah. All right. Anything else we got to go over? No, let's, let's, let's talk about some difficult conversations, Carney. Yeah, so communication. That's our point today. This was brought up by viewers as well as I was a poor communicator over my birthday weekend, which was last weekend. And Pete that like, rubbed it in my face. Yeah, I had some issues going on at home and and uh, forgot to communicate to Pete uh, that those issues were going on. So one, communication in general. Well, for the new leaders out there, because that's uh, a lot of our... over-communicate than under-communicate, especially with... Uh, our, our new leaders that are listening to us, because we have a lot of them, they, they have issues, meaning that you take over a team, right? And you got to have that conversation of, hey, man, I'm no longer your, your quote-unquote friend, yeah. right? So, you know, setting those expectations. Or you take over a team and then you have to ask them to leave. That's pretty tough. How do you go about that, Carney? Yeah, I think, I think it's very difficult. When you're a new leader, you're going to have a couple, three conversations really, right? One is you need to, if you got promoted from inside the herd and now you're managing part of the herd or your group, you need to somehow make it known that, hey, I am now your boss, which is going to impact your relationship, right? So stop being, you can't be buddies with them. It stinks. Don't take the role then if you want to stay, remain friends or uh, go for a role on a different team so you're not managing your buddies. So there's three conversations you have. If you're with your buddies and you're now uh, managing your buddies, your relationship is going to change. So either don't go for the job where you're managing your buddies or um, know that they're no longer going to be, your friendship's going to be impacted, right? And, and what I mean by that is you can't go out for drinks and do everything you used to. You can go out for drinks with them, but you can't be out there till two o'clock in the morning or three o'clock in the morning. You can go out for a couple hours and let them, let them be. Go out there, have fun with them, but then let them be and give them their space because you're the boss, right? So that does stink. The other part is praising people. There are people that are going to do a good job. Don't overpraise them. The pat on the back all the time. And some people can't stand it when you're cheering for them too much. So you need to understand every single person's different. And then the worst part is the awkward conversations. Awkward so conversations how do you, t- how do you, how do you tell them off. that? How do you tell them that? Carney, you say, hey, man, it's, you know, there's personal and there's business for the good of the team, good of the company. How do you do that? I think you need to be as candid as possible with them. You're rela- you could still be friends with them. Your relationship is going to change. And the way you do that is you sit down with your buddies and say, hey, what was can't be only because I'm in this role now. So I'm going to have to exit at times to let you guys be you guys and not cause any issues where me as a boss probably can't observe certain behaviors. Like as you as a boss, you've got to be now or you're now more of a steward of the people that work for you on a team. I know, as you're well aware of, we used to always go to these holiday parties at our previous employer 
somebody was always getting fired at these, right? Oh. I would always grab my team and say, just don't, guys, go in and have as much fun as you can. Whatever you do, I implore you to keep yourself under control enough so I don't have to fire you, <laughs> right? We used to and, call that CDMs, career delimitating moves. Yeah, and nothing good happens after a certain point. And when you're a boss, you need to exit at that time. You need to know when when does it turn from having fun with your team to now it's drinking with a couple of you guys and, and getting out of hand. Go do that with a different group of friends and just know that when the world changes, and it does, there's 33% uh, normal attrition inside sales, that if you have three friends, one of them every year is going to probably move on. At that point, you can re-engage with them back as as buddies, but when they're working for you, you can't. Or even when they're working for another team and you're the boss, you can't observe some of the behaviors either. It stinks, but it's true. You, you don't have any difficult conversations when you've been drinking. I don't care if it's even one. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, because that can be very, very difficult. Yeah, do not. You you need to have church and say. The other thing is, another thing for new leaders, though, Pete, is, you know, letting performance, we said praise people, but no, when praise is too much. Also, when you have to let somebody go, there's two ways, right? What are the two ways? Well, it's their fault or it's not their fault. Yeah, it's their fault or not their fault. And and right now, there's a lot of not their fault layoffs going on. Those are difficult. I'll be honest because they didn't see it coming in a lot of cases. They may have known that the economy, like right now, I think anyone could understand why a layoff is coming, but they just don't know when and why. And and if you've never been involved in it, uh, it's really difficult because HR and the leadership has to carry this close to their vest. And so they'll tell you, but you're not allowed to say anything until the day of right. give your buddies pre- preparation. If you have to let somebody go, I mean, as brief as possible, write it down if you have to, don't elaborate. The more you say, the more you can get yourself into trouble. I think when you're laying somebody off, adhere to whatever HR is telling you to adhere to. It's going gonna, it's gonna to impact your relationship with them. Hopefully in three to six months, they'll realize this was not your decision. They'll forgive you for it, hopefully. Some won't. Some will. And it stinks. You just, I would say one of the things you need to communicate to your team is always know that you're going to be loyal to the people that work for them, work for you. But the company is going to, is going to make company decisions. That's why it's there. So the company is going to make decisions that are more black and white. There is no gray. In those decisions, you could be a casualty. So don't be loyal to the company as much as you're loyal to the people of the company, right? Because the people are what's going to go on to a new job and, and want you on their team if you're loyal to them. I think it becomes a difficult conversation if you don't have a bunch of little, consistent, uncomfortable conversations, right? Yeah. Whether it's one-on-ones or a month is a month is gone and the activity that was performed wasn't sufficient enough for the talent the person has to make quota, nothing should be a surprise. When it's a surprise, that's difficult. Yeah, almost, I guess to elaborate on what you just said, which I think is profound, Pete, is you almost you. need to practice uncomfortable conversations. You need to have little uncomfortable conversations. If somebody is doing something well, 
but they might be doing something that you don't like. Practice makes perfect. You might want to, instead of glossing over what you don't like, you got to sit down and have that conversation about what you're not enjoying about what they're doing, just so that when something comes around, you're a little bit more prepared on how to handle it. Would you agree with that? What about recapping, Kearney? Oh, yeah. So I think we've talked about this one, right? Um, oh, can't talk about it enough. Yeah. When you're an employee and you feel like things are, even when things aren't going well, I think it's in your best interest to all, to as much as possible recap conversations you're having so that you're documented on, on knowing what you're being asked for. I think this holds true mostly for a very unorganized leader. If your leader yep. is all over the place, the way you can control that, being more organized on your end. If, you're la if your leader is buttoned up and organized and you have a good relationship and stuff like that, you probably don't need to recap everything, especially if you have a good relationship, just recap it every now and then. But if it is, uh, your leader is talking to you about a, B, and C, and then next week is asking you why you didn't do D, E, and F because they never told you because they're disorganized as, as all. Either one Recap is all your yeah. conversations to make sure they're doing it. And then, like, Pete, you want to talk, like, when it's not a healthy situation, like, well, you, if you're terming, you dealt with if, that, if, too. If you're terming somebody, there's no email recap. It's, you know, your services. But if you're an employee and you feel like they're setting you up or. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, you recap with your boss and your boss's boss if you have to. Yeah. Documentation um, is key. The reason why you're doing it is, man, you, you want to get better. You want to improve. You want to make money. Your boss is supposed to be there to remove obstacles. And if he's the obstacle, that's a pretty difficult conversation. Yeah. If your boss is the obstacle, when do you go above your boss? Oh, boy. We talked about that. I forgot what the, what episode that was. But, yeah. um, I mean, that's the – you need to have two keys to uh, – Pull that trigger. Get the launch codes on that missile. <laughs> yeah, you. <laughs> if you go above your boss, you better have Plan B in action. Meaning, you better be interviewing and finding and lining stuff up because you, HR is not going to back you. Yeah, if you play the wrong hand, you're gone. I'm not saying don't go above your boss, but I'm saying don't go there thinking you know you're just going to get a slap on the wrist if it doesn't work out right? You're right. going to probably more than likely be shown the door if you're wrong on what you're doing. I also think if you go to your boss's boss, you need to go in there with a solution, not with a problem. Exactly. So don't go in there and say, my boss is mean to me. I don't like him, blah, 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 blah. Go in there and say, all I'm asking for, you know, maybe if it's just you, you're aware of how this person is communicating to me and others, I would ask that you have a discussion with him on or her on how to soften the edges a little bit, or maybe there's some rude talk or inappropriate talk that you want to get removed from the situation. If, if you bring that up, I think that's a little bit more that the boss's boss will look at that as a coaching or maybe the person's just not aware of the inappropriate stuff. And that might be better, but always know no matter what you do, no matter how innocent and pure you think you are being, you might be seen also as the problem. There's two sides to the coin and you want to be objective. So if you're having a difficult conversation, Keep the feelings out of it. Keep the data in it. You had a difficult conversation. How do you make it better the next one? What is the framework going to look like the next time that we speak where it's less uncomfortable? Yeah. Meaning, uh, you know, these are good. I'll be honest. In sales, if you're going above your boss, if you're well above quota, 
They're going to listen to you a lot more than if you're well below quota. (laughs) (laughs) And it stinks. But at the end of the day, if you're struggling and you're below quota and you're not doing the activity, and then you're going to your boss's boss and saying, my boss is the reason why I'm not hitting my number. You were before you finish that that sentence, before you finish that sentence, the pink slip will be handed to you. Right. (laughs) Um, A lot of times the boss, his boss is well aware that you're dragging the anchor. But if you're one of the top performers and have been consistently and you're going to the boss's boss, the boss's, the boss's boss is going to listen because they don't want to lose you. You know, there's a thing, you know, there's a thing right now. It's called the qualm. People are looking at quota, quota setting for next year, making sure they have yep. enough over a sign. They get rid of one of the people that they're counting on that's been there for a couple of years, which means they're at full quota. When they get rid of that person, they have to reset and hire maybe two or three people because of ramp time to fulfill what was one person for next year's quota. So you've got to be aware of where you stand and be smart about it. If you're new and you're on ramp, even if you're killing quota, but you're Mm -hmm. not a full ramp, you're easier to take for the company to take on the chin than somebody who's been there for years and is carrying a decent quota. Let's go a different uh, route here, Carney. Another difficult conversation. Dress code. Having to speak to somebody that isn't your gender. Oh, about an appropriate dress. <laughs> right. Yeah. How, how do you do that there, Carney? I think, you know, personally, I've had... If I've, you have HR... I've had experience <laughs> in this one. I've had HR do it. Yeah. Um, so as a leader, the last thing you want to do because it could be seen inappropriate from you, is my opinion. I've talked to HR about this. Yeah. Is if if a woman's wearing too low of a, uh, a you know a halter top yeah. or or maybe something just inappropriate, my my uh, go to move there is talk to HR, have HR step in because then they don't know who's saying it. The company is addressing it, so it right, gives you a little right. bit of cover there. Well, first thing I'll say about that, Carney, is if you're wearing a low cut top, that is inappropriate. Definitely. Yeah. And then, and then number two, it, it saves you time because dress code, we're not even working in the office anymore. I don't know if this has happened on zoom calls, you know, you have somebody wearing a nightgown on a, on a zoom call, yeah. depending on who you are, that would be inappropriate. Yeah. I would say on zoom calls, I would say this casual dress has become the norm. People are wearing sweatpants, t-shirts uh and stuff like that because they're on zoom calls i think that's fine you know when you're not when you're not presented the best don't turn on your video right i mean turn on your video when you need to speak but turn it off when you're not so people aren't well they're making you turn on the camera now some companies are yeah some companies so i mean that could be difficult so that those are some of the some, some of the big ones carney have you had any other difficult ones well, you know, like inappropriate when somebody works on your team and they say something inappropriate or racially insensitive or something like that. And I've I've had to deal with this before. It's I remember this ex, this example explicitly. The person said something that offended somebody else on the team and you immediately cringed when that person said it out loud would advise you as a leader to bring that person immediately into a room if it's outside bring them into your office and have a discussion with them and make them aware of what they said was inappropriate sometimes they're not aware and and in this case the person was not aware that what they said was racially insensitive which is kind of shocking but when they did when they were made aware 
you can sort of read the person. That person was visibly shook, shooken up the fact that that's how they were just trained on saying something about, in this case, it was procurement and how they're supposed to save money, negotiate you down. And instead of using the word negotiate, she used a different slang word. That person didn't realize what that meant. And, and yeah. You need to address that. Then you need to address it with the person that was offended. And I would honestly, you probably need to then document that with HR just to make sure it got through so that if it happens again, you have documentation to terminate that employee. But I would say you file a document with HR so it's on file. So if that person does something racially insensitive, even though you might believe that they were sincere about it, if they do it again, you sort of got to be like, I gave you the warning shot. I can't do it anymore. And then to protect the company and yourself, you want to have a document. So speaking of documented, I mean, you should have a goal for the conversation, right? I mean, if you're terming yeah. somebody, I mean, it's pretty quick. It's whatever HR says the script is, but anything else, it should be written out what the goal is. So you don't go off task or message. It's for the good of the company. At the end of the day, the communication is for the good of the company and a good of, good for the employee. Right? Yeah, There's I would say I I would say com, I would completely agree with that. All conversations, you should have an outline script for all conversations at the company, or I mean, with the with the person. Sorry, let me say that again because my son. We'll edit that out in post. Yeah. I would say you want to have an outline of most of your conversations with employees, especially in your one-on-ones or O3s, whatever you want to call it, that you as the manager need to have an outline of what you want to get out of that and make sure that you're hearing to that so you don't go off on tangents, as well as you're trying to better that person. So you're trying to help the company, but by helping the company really is helping that person strive to who they could be within that company. So if you focus purely on that, the company will better be better off as long as it's within the range of reason. I mean, if you're in sales and that person wants to be a school teacher, have conversations to make sure that that person is no longer in sales and gets a new job as a teacher sooner rather than later. That helps the company out. But you can't you can't coach them into becoming a school teacher when you're hired them to be a sales rep. So at the end of the day, the, the end of the day, I mean, as a leader, your job is to remove the obstacles of the of the employee. And let's just say sales. The obstacle is they want to be number one in sales. Something's holding them up. You have to remove that. Then as far as for the company, you know, their goal is to be number one in their sector or field, right? Whatever the obstacle is. That's what all the communications are for. When you step outside of that for any other reason, that's where you run in, in the troubles. And as long as you can be uh, crystal clear on your communication with that, the reason why we're talking about this is not because I don't like you is because I don't like the behaviors that have taken you off course of accomplishing your goals. Yeah, that is dead on accurate. I think you want to focus on that. I think there's a, there's another thing that needs to be discussed when it comes to communication is your physical communication or your there's a way to sort of express yourself and you need to be aware of your facial expressions and your mannerisms on how those might be deterrent and what you're trying to get across being open-minded, but with, I've always heard this one, you're not open-minded when your arms are crossed. So when you're receiving feedback from your team, make sure you're, you're almost your hands. Like I, I really believe in this, that your palms are being seen by your team 
as opposed to having your arms crossed because when your arms are crossed it gives the it gives the um, indication that you're not open to hearing any type of feedback be, be cognizant of those indicators because even though those might not be true it's the perception of your team and that that's the last thing you want is to spend all this time trying to get criticism or constructive criticism from your team to improve yourself on you elicited that from them and they see it as you're just trying to um you know find out who doesn't like you and <laughs> and smoke them out yeah. the only thing i have to add is you know rehearse what you're going to say because if you're going to stumble it's like you're talking to a customer if you're stumbling and you don't believe in what you're saying then the other person's not going to believe what you're saying and they think you have ulterior motives. Yeah. So, so rehearse, practice, write it out, have it written out in front of you. And the goal is that person to become better and you want the company to become better to be authentic. And then, you know, let the, let the cards fall where they may. Storytelling is key. And if you write out a script, I would adhere to this. If you're writing out a script while you're practicing it, and let's say you're doing it over the phone or over a zoom call, Put spaces in awkward areas, put uh, spaces in awkward areas of the paragraph. Because if you just have it as a paragraph, what ends up happening is you end up saying it too quick. It sounds way too rehearsed and things like that. But in the middle of sentences, if you just hit return a couple times randomly, what will happen is it'll force you to sort of slow down and read at a different pace not sound as rehearsed. And I'm just telling you that that's a great trick while you're regurgitating what you wrote. So that that's something that you want to investigate in. And then the other thing is, no matter what time it is, good or bad, always, always be candid with your communication. Never steer, never, never miss an opportunity to communicate. I think in this time with Zoom and not getting together, you need to be having those weekly calls, those daily calls, those you know, as many calls as you can, that's not a, uh, a takeaway, just so that you can continue to collaborate with your team and connect with your team in some way or another. You're here, Carney. We beat anything this else? one to death. We anything beat this else? one. Yeah. It's so any other topics out there for anybody else? Communication was one of the topics. Remember, like us on Apple Podcasts. Reach out to us on sassholes.net. Smash that like Smash that like it. button. And reach out to us if you want to be on a call or you just want us to talk about a topic. We are more than willing to talk about anything and everything that we've experienced and give you some tidbits on that stuff. Gobble, gobble. With that, yeah, happy Thanksgiving. And with that, Pete, cue the music. Bow, wow, chicken, wow, wow. Do-do-do, do-do, do-do, hi-hat. Copyright 2020, Pete Jansen's Jamie Carney.